Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your on camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Your Dream Business Podcast. And as always, I am your host, Therese Heath-Waring. But there's a bit of a difference today. After having a almost a year, I think it was just short of a year off doing interviews, they're back. And I basically got a bit bored of doing uh, episodes on my own and not talking to other people. And also, I am limited in the things that I can talk about. Now, obviously, I can talk about a ton of stuff because I've been in this business for a long time and I do my own marketing and all that jazz. But there are things that obviously I am not expert in. So although I could probably give you the headline stuff on it, actually, I need to bring in some experts. So I have started by picking some of my most favorite people who are not only amazing at what they do, but also happen to be awesome people as well. So please welcome to the podcast today, the amazing Suze Freer. Suze, how are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. I am really excited to have you here. Now, Suze has been in my world a little while. And what's kind of exciting about her is that her business is fairly new and I've been with her since the beginning, uh, which is quite rare for me. I don't often get to work with people from the very beginning. So tell us a bit, Suze, about what you do and how you got to doing the thing that you do now. Okay, so I am a creative copywriter. So I work with predominantly small businesses to help them write their copy, to make real connections and build relationships through website copy, through email newsletters, blogs, etc. Um, I have been doing this professionally for just coming up to a year now, although it was, as you say, like a, I'd been doing it a little bit on the side before. 
But yes, a year ago, I decided to quit my day job, so to speak. And I took the plunge. And uh, yeah, it brought me here because I've always loved writing. And so to be able to do that as part of what I do for a living, it's just a great joy for me. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of myself for getting here. And uh, yeah, I'm just so happy that I get to do what I love as a job. So I've watched you, Susan's an executive club, she works with us there. I've watched you go through already some roller coasters of running a business. So talk to me, and in case anybody's out there, because actually surprisingly, there are a number of people either in my world directly or perhaps listening to this that have jobs or do a part-time job and they're not quite ready to take that step. So talk to me about actually taking that step of going, I'm going to leave my job and leave my income and I'm going to bet on myself. Yeah, it's it's a big, big step. And I would never be one to recommend it and say everyone should do it because obviously everyone is so different. Everyone's situation is so different. The situation I was in, the job I'd been doing for a little over 20 years had to come to an end for a lot of different reasons. I was working within the European Union and following Brexit, obviously things had changed. Also following COVID and the new normal, my working routine had changed and just it wasn't mm. going to work going forward. So I knew I had to leave that particular job. So the situation I had was whether I was going to find a new job, a full-time position, a part-time position, working for someone else, or if this was, I was going to listen to what was actually going on and take the chance to do it myself. And I did go backwards and forwards on this. I know I discussed it with you more than once because mm. there were times when I had the possibility of taking a job. But at the end of the day, I think betting on myself is the best thing I could have done. And it's a huge risk. It's mm. a big thing to do. Walking away from that guaranteed income is, is a huge thing to do. But when, if you get the opportunity and you have that little bit of stability to be able to do it, that, that pos position of privilege really that, you know, next month yeah. I'll be all right if I give this a go, then I, I urge you to take it because if you can enjoy what you do, it's not like going to work. And that is a huge, huge thing. What I was doing before didn't light me up. This does. I, I enjoy what I do. I look forward to working. I don't mind working longer hours, things like that. And I get to design my own life, which is a, a real privilege, yeah. a real joy. And I think that actually, you know, to say that it feels like a privilege is, is true. You know, you were in a position where, you know, you, you had an option to leave. Like, obviously, you still need to bring your income in. You still need to, you know, keep a roof over your head. But there were some options there. So that is a privilege. But also, I want to kind of go, it's not a privilege. You took a risk. You took a big, brave, massive step to say, I'm betting on myself. And, and that takes the most guts I think of anyone doing anything. Honestly, I constantly say to the business owners I work with that they should be high-fiving themselves every single day. The fact that they're even here doing this thing, like they are a hundred times braver than most people out there. But so tell me, because there was one pit that I'm thinking about in particular where you started, you were waiting to get your website up and running and the website went up and nothing happened. <laughs> And I think that was one of your very first, like, oh, oh God, what am I going to do? Like, so talk to us about that, about what you thought was going to happen and then how we managed after that. So I think, yeah, I had this this, this picture of, of, of what a successful business looked like. And it was definitely a website. It was definitely, you know, a, a full and bustling email list. It was really busy socials, et cetera. And I'd worked really hard to get this to my, my website up. And, I, and I, I, I was so proud of it. I'd put in so much work. As anyone knows and who does the website, all. thank you so much. It, it takes a lot of work. Obviously, being a copywriter, I wrote all the copy myself. It's a lot of work. And talking about yourself isn't always the easiest thing. And that's why I do what I do to help other nope. people. <laughs> but I had to do it for myself. So all this work had gone in. I was so excited. I remember doing um, a little video to celebrate. I, I know that you were part of it, all these people celebrating that my website was up. And it had been up two days and I wasn't yet a millionaire. And I think I came into the group and I was like, now what? Because I'd worked so hard, nothing had happened. And then, I, well, now what? No, no one's seen it apart from I you guys it. that I've shared it with. Um, and this was it. Yeah. Then the next stage is obviously really pushing yourself out there, getting getting people to the website, 
talking about the website, talking about what they can find there and and then encouraging them, following links and things. So that was the, yeah, things don't just happen. You have to find them. really makes me, like, it makes me laugh in a nice way, not in like a, ha, ha, stupid, in a genuine way. Like that, because that is the truth for so many people. Like having a website with your name on it feels, and like you said, it's a ton of work, right? Even when you've had a website before, like if I ever do a website change or the last time I changed a website, it is still a ton of work. And and like you said, it was just that whole like, get it up there, like, what? Come on then, where's all my customers? Yes. Like, hello. They've done that um, phrase, build it and they yeah. will come. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. It's absolute BS. <laughs> but what was so great from my point of view is that you were working with us and you were in our world, which meant that when you went, oh my God, like nothing's happening. I'm failing at this. I'm doing, which you absolutely weren't, by the way, because that is what happens that actually we could work on the next thing and work on it and keep you going and, and then get to the point where you are today, where you have clients and proposals and all sorts of things, which is awesome. But so many people would have got to that stage and stopped. It's true. And you didn't. No. Well, I think there's there's a few things that kept me going. Predominantly was like this, this I, that I wanted to make myself proud and I couldn't give up for that. It was too soon to give up. I'd given yeah. myself, I think I've given myself three years to see if I can make this work. It's already working, by the way. <laughs> so there was very much that, like, don't give up. <laughs> but I have to say, yeah, the people around me, and this is one thing I talk about quite a lot, is having the people around you that either have been there have done it before, have some experience or just that believe in you and support you. And yeah. when they see you starting to lose that faith a little bit in yourself, it's just say, wait, have you seen what you've done? You've done all this first. Yeah. Remember that. And that that's a big learning curve. That's something else I've learned over the past couple of years. That I, actually, I have got quite a, a strong willpower and I am a strong person. I can do something if I put my mind to it, but I've taken time to learn, you know, We've always relied on other people, like in everything we do and think, oh, no, it's not for me or I'll find a different way. But relying upon yourself is a big learning curve. And that's, yeah, definitely something that had to come through when I've hit these little bumps. But, yeah, the people around me and other people cheering me on, like yourself, like the the group that we're in. Yeah, it's invaluable. Absolutely. Mm. And, And I love it because we're now a year in, almost a year in, and you... You have a thriving business that has always got room to grow because every business has, but you have got clients, you're doing work, you're showing up, you're, you know, you are getting people saying you are brilliant at this, Suze, and you are brilliant at this, which is amazing. In fact, Suze, I should mention, Suze helped me write the club page. So if you go to TeresaEthwearing.com forward slash the club, you can see Suze's work on that page. And it's lovely because she got to know me and understand me. And she did pretty much anyway by this point. But, and what was lovely is she was in the club so she could very convincingly and and authentically go, this is what you get in there and this is how you feel and that sort of thing. So do go and check that out. Okay, so the next hurdle that come across, which actually is going to be where we're focusing our time today, is that you start your copywriting business and then the world explodes with chat GTP. Oh. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Honestly, you couldn't make it up, could you? I'll just wait no, for... No, so basically... Yeah, I'll wait for a, I'll wait for an energy crisis when people are low on free up cash and just something else that yeah. comes in that people can use themselves to write their own copy. Just brilliant. <laughs> exactly. And... Um, you know what? I am pretty late to the party with most tech things because I understand, like I'm still not on threads and I won't be. And oh, there's a surprise. Everyone stopped talking about it. But like, you know, I I hold back a bit because I know that I've got to stay in my lane. So actually, I didn't look at ChatGTP. And as you know, and, and people listening to this, if they're not new, I write all my stuff pretty much anyway, bar the page I got you to help me with. So and the show notes, Becky writes the show notes based on what I've said on the podcast. So for me, I never really looked at it. And then I started to like dabble and look. And I remember sitting in bed, I've told you this with my husband, and it was a Saturday morning and we're both, or Friday morning, we're both doing a bit of work in bed. 
and rock and roll life we lead. And uh, basically I'm doing something and I'm like, look at this. And I wrote an email that I would send to my list and I put it into chat GTP and I said, improve this. And it just started typing. And Paul, my husband is like, what the what? how much are you paying for that? that? That's ridiculous. I'm like, it's free. However, what we want to talk about today is, and what you're going to share with us, because you've done some great content around this, which is why I wanted you to come and share it with us, is we're going to talk about using ChatGTP and when it's great and when it's not great. And when you need a copywriter, when you don't need a copywriter, and when, you know, the things that you should use it for and the things that you should bear in mind when you're using it. So where do you want to kick off, Suze? Mm -hmm. What things should we talk about first? I'll start with, with what you just said there. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i want to talk about like the fact like you said that you when you you entered stuff in you just it, it is brilliant i have to say it like i can't knock it really the fact that you can put a couple of really simple prompts in i mean you put in a, a whole uh email but you can put in just write me an invitation to write me for social media posts about it is brilliant in that the innovative technology behind it is fantastic i can't knock it but it just i urge people to be careful with it there's so much we don't know about it. There's so much that we're still learning. And that is because AI in itself is a learning tool. So it is learning as well all the time. So for example, the fact that you put in a newsletter, once you put in something like that, that could hold information, it could hold it could hold customer data, for example, anything like that, it then mm. goes in there and stays there. It becomes the property, so to speak, of... Uh, chat gpt claude bard any of those that once it's in it becomes part of that system so be very aware that anything you put in is is no longer private to you it could be served up as information to mm-hmm. another user if they put in just the right kind of prompts it's using your information to learn from a lot of the time this isn't too mm-hmm. bad you know that the, there's things we're entering in are quite generic they're questions and things like that but Sometimes people are putting in whole reams of an article or a whole magazine, something similar, a course. I know someone who's put a whole course into ChatGPT to find out how it sounds. And yes, you'd have to get the right product. It's mind-blowing and it's really scary. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? Like, you know, and, and also the fact is, and I, you know, and we talked about this and you told me that example. And I was like, so if someone else... So someone saw that she had put that in, because she talked about it publicly. That's how yeah. how we know that she put her entire course in. Yeah. So if someone saw her talk about it and knew the title of her course yeah. and then went back to chat GTP and said, write me a course based on or called, mm. the likelihood of them using some of that information back in that response would be really high. It could be, yeah, exactly. But it's also... It's impossible to tell. And then from there, you don't know how unique mm. your answer is. So it, it's really hard. to. I couldn't say what the, the percentage chance is. And I wouldn't want to put myself out of live because there's people who know a lot more about it and the data behind it. But it's just that there is a chance. We've, I heard a story about someone in a separate group who she managed the social media for an accounting firm or a financial firm. She'd put out a post that she'd put through ChatGPT and her firm got in touch with her and said, this is not your post. You've, this is, you've stolen this from someone else. Basically, and the, the chances of this happening are slim, but two different people have put the same prompt into ChatGPT, got the same thing out and in the same field and the fact that they were linked anyway, the same post went out. So the second person to put it out looked like she'd literally copied the first person, but she'd got it from ChatGPT. Why? So it, it does happen and the chances are slim. And especially that you're going to get caught in that lie, so to speak, that lack yeah, of authenticity. If that's your job, yeah. And you're you're a freelancer, or you're a social media manager, or you're a marketer, and it's like you know you writing something and it being out somewhere else. Like you just can't do that. That credibility, and also, I have to say now, you know, I've used ChatGTP and I've looked at it in different ways, and we can talk about that. How you know, how I've used it. But I, if I came to you to write some copy or if I came to you to write my social media or went to someone to create my social media and I thought they were just plugging it into chat GTP, that kind of 
personally, that would put me off. Yeah. Personally, I would do. think, well, yeah. you know, are you not good enough quality that you can just do it yourself? Now, I don't mind double checking and improving and that sort of thing. But if, yeah, because it's like, well, I could just do the same, couldn't I? Yeah, no, absolutely you could. To, I mean, I would say that no, that we could then come in, a, a, cop, a good copywriter could come in and edit it for you and get it for tone of voice, your brand voice, speak directly yeah. to your customer. But in theory, yes, if you were paying me whatever I charge to write you social media posts, which by the way, I don't do, but if I did, and then you found that I was just popping this into some AI, what are you, yeah. you're paying me to do a little bit of typing and then some copy and paste. That's, yeah. no, that's absolutely not what should be happening. It's great for idea prompts, get some bullet points, you know, brilliant ideas for subject titles, you know, that you can work with and make your own. Absolutely. But taking it verbatim, word for word, is is not what yeah. AI is for, not what chat GPT is for, because you're going to get, you're going to, you're not going to get exactly the tone of voice that you want. You're not going to, you can't guarantee it's unique. You can't guarantee that it's 100% factually correct because there's no way of fact checking it. So it, there's a lot going into it that you have to be so careful of. Also, that, I mean, it, get, mm. it brings us quite nicely onto the second point that I was going to bring up, which is about copy and pasting. So as we talked about, it is a learning tool. AI is learning all the time. And so everything that you put in or that it generates, it will le- it wants to learn from. Well, what it wants to know is that when it's, it's created um, a block of text, whatever that may be, it doesn't want to use that again. If it comes across, if someone does copy paste it into somewhere, it doesn't want to use it again when it's looking for the information. So it's very clever. It inserts, it embeds its own code in there so that its own little crawler bots will ignore that text in the future so that it won't try and learn from it again because it's already got that information. Now that's one thing and that's brilliant and how clever is AI, but what that also does is speaks to your to the SEO crawler bots out there. So if you are copy pasting a block of text straight from AI into your website, the SEO bots will totally ignore it, discount it, and it will actually be negative for your SEO. So you might say, write me an article about so-and-so a subject, including these keywords, ensuring it's focusing on this phrase, it could be brilliant in theory for SEO, but if you mm-hmm. just copy paste it, it will act negatively. It will act like a blank space and it will Google and the other crawler bots will see it as insufficient data and mark you down in your SEO. So you've got to take that. You can't that copy paste. You've got to take that out. Blowing. Yeah, it's so clever. It's so clever. And the fact that but it's, it's like a tripwire, isn't it? It's like, you know, you can't just copy and paste those. We yeah. know what you're doing. It's it's really, really and also, interesting. That is the one reason people are using Chat GTP. So, you know, we talk about, in fact, I wrote a blog the other day, Suze, and I was unduly proud of myself I was for proud writing of you a too. blog. It was a wonderful and blog. There are parts of the blog, thank you. And there were parts of the blog that I sectioned out, chucked into Chat GTP and said, make that sign better, mm-hmm. and then rewrote what they said into my blog. It wasn't, I didn't ask them for the content. I had already written all the content. I just got some improvements. But the fact is the reason people are going to ChatGTP, and obviously when we say ChatGTP, we mean AI. So you mentioned Claude and a few others there. Yes. So it's any of them. But like the reason people are going there is to create content easily to help. And the only reason you create content is to attract your customer or bring them to your website or picked up on SEO or picked up on social media, whatever it might be. And if that is actually going against you, that is huge. You might as well. In fact, it's not a case of you might as well not put a blog on. It's actually worse than not putting a blog on it because it's marking you down. It marks you down, so, exactly. So what can we do if we, because sometimes, and again, I am one of these people all over. So when I wrote that blog, I didn't start with the intro because I can't, because mm-hmm. I can't start. I hate starting writing. Mm. So I knew what I wanted to cover in the blog. So I started with the core bits, the middle bit, and then I went back and pre-filled the front and then I did the end. Yeah. So for me, that's how I could start. But sometimes you need something to get you, go- you going. Like if you're not very good with a blank sheet of paper. Absolutely. So how, if we do want to use it... Mm-hmm. And and I highly suggest, and as Suze will, that we don't just type in, write me a blog on Blur. But if we do want to use it, how can we make sure we're stopping those things from happening? So 
First of all, I would suggest asking for bullet points or asking for ideas rather than writing you a full blog. And that way you can take part of it and then write around it in your own words. If you are just adverse to writing altogether and you do decide to have that full blog, take it out, put it into a Word document of your own and work on it. Make sure you the phrases you're using are, are yours. I was listening to a really good podcast the other day and they said there's certain phrases that you can always tell come from AI. They, 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 they read a blog and they're like, oh, that's been AI generated. And I think one of the examples was in this digital age. And if someone says something like in this digital <laughs> age, yeah, that's AI that's talking about itself. So, you know, make sure that it's, it's phraseology, it's words that you would use, first of all, you know, and work on it. Make it your own, just like Louis Walsh liked to say, and the X Factor, you know, really make it resonate <laughs> with, <laughs> with your own life for the past. <laughs> Show me age. Um, do we remember that? <laughs> another really good thing you can do is once you've written your blog, I mean, again, and this is using AI in another way, but there are programs called AI detector programs where you can then copy paste your work instead. It will say the percentage chance and whether it can be read as if, do, can it tell that AI has written it basically? So no, yeah, that's a, good, isn't it? It's really, really good. Again, you are inputting your words into somewhere else. And there's more I don't know about the AI detectors, yeah. but it can read it for authenticity, for that human um, element. So, it, you know, they'll, it'll give you a percentage readout on how likely that is that it's been AI generated beforehand. So that's also a good thing to, to try and use to make it sound more like yourself. But yeah, I would de definitely say if you don't want to work on it, you can also always ask a copywriter to come in and just do light editing, which will, you know, won't be as expensive as um, writing a full blog. And that's great as well. Make sure it's got your tone yeah. of voice. It speaks to your customers and that's really important. And I think that's the other thing. So when I have put things into ChatGTP, and like I said, uh, the way I use it is a couple of different ways. One, I either write something from scratch, chuck it in and go improve this, and then it helps with my sentence structure and it helps with like the grammar and things like that. Yeah. So that's great. And it might round it off a bit nicer. Or I use it for research purposes. So I will type in and and again, like most things, and I know everyone listening to this, because you and I are included in this, Suze, we'd love nothing more than a quick fix, quick win tomorrow. If I could Absolutely. take a pill and I could drop four dress sizes, I'd be over the moon. And the same with our businesses, yeah, right? If absolutely. I could give you one hack and you'd make loads of money, we would all take it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. So we like the thought that there are these tools out there that make our life so much easier and quicker and we don't have to put any effort in. But the truth is, it is still a tool that is based on the amount of effort you put in is how good the effort will be coming out. That is so, so true. For me, you know, when I'm using it for research, I will spend a long time telling it who my customer is, telling it what problems my customer has, how my customer shows up, what my customer thinks. And then I will say to it, write me some content ideas based on that customer, or you do this thing based on that customer. So yeah. for me, that's how I've used it. Now I have to say, even though I've tried to get my tone of voice in it, Mm -hmm. It still comes out with a tone of voice that is absolutely not me. And some of the yeah. words it comes out with, I am like, mm -mm, that does mm. not sound like me. Yeah. I would not write that. So sometimes I'll put something in and go and prove this. And then I'll just dismiss everything it said, because it's like, actually, that has now taken out all aspects of who I am or what I say. And like some of those key phrases that it would say, and I'm like, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Like, so, and even when you're like, when you because you could type in, make it friendlier or, you know, more approachable or whatever. And then it'll do something. You're like, Jesus Christ, yeah. like that is absolutely not how I talk. Exactly. So, yeah. So for me, that's how I'm currently using it. But like I said, for, it really is the more effort you put in using it, the better results you're getting coming out. So in some ways, it's a great tool for that. But if you're not putting good stuff in the first place, you're not going to get good stuff out. No, absolutely. So yeah. what's your next one, Suze? What next tip have you got? So along those lines, because obviously AI is learning from what we put into it. And I know that you attended the same uh, event that I went to where we heard the wonderful Joanne Boyce speak. And she spoke about how AI is grossly biased because the people yeah. using it, we all have bias. If bias is prevalent in human society, it is going to be just as prevalent in AI. And we have to be so aware of it. 
And Joanne used the, a brilliant analogy. She said, you have to think of AI as all these word writing bots as a puppy. And that puppy is uh, being trained. So if, if you were to go over to a puppy and this puppy bit you, would you blame the puppy or would you blame the people who had trained it? It only has the mm -hmm. information being given to it. And that's what it is. That's what it becomes, this puppy. And AI is the same. And as we know, there is a lot of privilege in, in the world. but We have white privilege and we also mm -hmm. have gender cis privilege. These, this bias, it comes through in AI. She used a lot of different examples, but it's so important to be aware of it. That yeah. again, and again, it comes from the copy pasting, but also, you know, take, don't take what is written as the best way to speak to somebody because there will be underlying things that, that you might not pick up on yourself because, because again, because of your privilege and not being aware, we, we need yes. to start embracing intersectionality and, and being better at this. And so I think, yeah, it's, it, it's really, really important to, to approach AI in that way. And one of the examples mm. you can use is if, as you've just said, you can start with you are a copywriter for brands wood. We'll just call it wood. I've got no ideas in front of me for the wood yeah. brand. And you know that brand. That brand. That popular brand. Yeah, that one just in front of me. I want you to write me an article of 500 words about trainers. Okay, so these could be platform purple trainers, for example. But I, what okay. you then need to ask the AI to do is I want you to add inclusivity to the copy because trainers can be worn by anyone, not just able-bodied body, athletes, for example, things like this. Mm -hmm. Or perfume, if you're doing one for perfume, perf include um, inclusivity in the copy because perfume can be worn by any gender, men and women, or mm -hmm. non-binary or however they yeah. identify and it's putting that in so that AI knows to remove certain things. And then it will learn from you that you want an all-inclusive all yeah. piece of text. When Joanne spoke about this, and I know that you and I, like I said, we were there together, it blew our minds. It was just something we hadn't even considered. Yeah. And when she gave us this example of, I think it was, she wanted to write an article about a black, blind or deaf lady, black something woman. like this. And it was just what came yeah, it out. Was blind or yeah, from from that she was smashing the ceilings of of what she could do because um, she couldn't see or hear, and her her name was grossly inflated across yeah. the lines of what, what would expect we would expect a black person's name to be. It was just yeah, it was quite but appalling. The worst thing was we. We didn't realize, yeah. like, this was the worst thing. So when Diane bought the thing up uh -huh. and showed the text hmm. and she was like, where's the bias in it? Yeah. I'm reading it, right? I'm not laughing because it's not funny, but like, I'm reading it as a white privileged woman yeah. and I don't see the bias, Yeah, right? So imagine if you are a white cis woman and you are writing something aimed at black trans people, right? And you ask AI to do that for you and it makes all these grossly over kind of ridiculous, you know, descriptions or whatever it might be. Yeah. But actually, yeah, are pretty offensive. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily know because you are not as versed or as, as in that world as you should be or exactly. could be. And therefore you're putting that out there and actually it's doing more damage than it's doing good because you're trying to be inclusive, but because you don't understand the bias and the AI is not understanding the bias, exactly. you're potentially doing loads of damage to your brand. Absolutely. And in this, in this day and age, we cannot use ignorance as a defense. You know, we have to educate ourselves yeah. on these things. And so we have to be all the time doing our absolute best to learn, to include, and so to say, oh, well, I put this into chat GPT, it's not my fault. That's not a, an excuse yeah. at all. And that's just, no. yeah, we need to be better. And that's, it's, it's really interesting how when we're trying, we think we're doing well, we're still missing the mark. And, mm. and unfortunately, because AI is created by us, it will do that too. And so it's, you've got to be so yeah. aware of, of what it's, it's giving out back to you and, and check it, double check it. Take it away from where it is. Don't ask it to check itself. You do the no. check-in. You do the independent research on it because you could you, <laughs> you could be really offending yeah. people. 
you could be missing out on whole groups of people that you want to speak to. You could be, you know, pushing them away. And that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think can bring us on to your next point. Yes. <laughs> that, like I What's just said, yes, you, you can't ask AI to check yourself because AI lies, which is bizarre. such a liar, AI. Eh? <laughs> liar, AI. Such a liar. Yeah, liar. Yeah, just what the rest of I'm a liar. <laughs> a liar. <laughs> That's brilliant. We could go That's for That's what we'll call it from now on. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, I got this from someone else. I have to say this. So I was listening to a brilliant podcast from Lucky Nights and, um, there, Louise was talking about the fact that AI lies. So you could ask AI to go to a certain URL. You could say, go to this URL and and check something. So, or, or find this piece of information. You can literally type in the URL and you could say to it, please, you know, go there, check this for me. And ChatGPT will come back and say, yep, did that. And here's what it says. You say, okay, great. All right. Can you tell me what the second point was on that page? And then it was say, oh no, I can't go to websites. So it's already lied to you. <laughs> It said, yes, I've checked that URL. It's brilliant. Everything, yeah, what you said is right. No, no, I can't go to websites. So, and the, the idea is, is because AI needs to tell you it's more clever than it is. It's like, it's being a little bit, it's the, it's the town jock. It's like, yeah, I'm amazing. I'm great. So it, it wants you to think it's better than it is. And then if you push it and you dig That's deeper, brilliant. you can catch it in its lies. So it, you can't. And it's like, yeah, no, sorry. Didn't do that. No, no. exactly. Can't do it. It's got a lot like, of limitations, but it won't tell you about its limitations. It hides it. It's like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that, but it can't. And it's really interesting to see that, you know, it it doesn't always tell you that it's not totally up to date. Um, although the the uh, Bard from Google is saying it's not limited by um, uh, a certain year of um, of knowledge. That's what they're claiming. Okay. But even so. It can't learn that quickly. You've got, it, it, if you're putting information into it or there's, inf it can't, it doesn't learn on the spot. So if you're having a conversation no. with it, um, someone else won't get that information. It's got, you've got to wait for the next update of it for the, all the information to come in. But the fact that yes, it, it can lie to you. It can, or, or the other people have lied to it. So the information has yes. got in there might not yes. be factually correct. And there's no way you know that you just, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that as as read then don't ask yeah. that it for facts and data and things like that get that yourself find that information out yourself use it mm -hmm. to craft your words to give you ideas to build your article to to plan it out so where where should your middle start what should your middle include and yeah. then like you say then you can go back and write the introduction for it and then form your conclusion to it but don't ask it to to give you all the information because you just don't know what's true what's correct, what's unique. And there's, you know, there's a lot riding on it. And then if you're putting your yeah. name to something going out there, you, you want to be sure that what you're doing is right. A hundred percent. You know, my integrity and my authenticity comes from me being real. So if I am using content that I have not created or like, so, you know, and, and I don't know whether people have you know, know this sort of stuff that listen to this podcast, but like I've sat in a lot of conferences that have talked about AI and there are like things that can take my voice and recreate my voice saying whatever it wants. Right? Yes. Which is terrifying, Absolutely. literally terrifying. But also imagine if a podcast came out and it wasn't, and I couldn't be bothered to do a podcast. So I got AI to do it for me. Yeah. Like, I think the, and the other thing is, right, even though I say to AI, improve this email, mm -hmm. there is a part of me that thinks, you know, like, and I don't often get people, in fact, I don't think I've had anybody come back and say your grammar's off, which surprises me because it would be all the time. But <laughs> like, that, that is almost a sign of, no, I am really writing it because I spelt things wrong or yeah. the grammar is wrong. But then, but then how long will it be until AI does that? Well, that's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. To 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 mimic those human mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary stuff. I mean, one of the things we say is that it, it is. can't pick up on human nuances and that, you know, the, the delicacies of language. But yeah, it's learning all the time. And absolutely this idea that you could have your voice or your image actually created falsely to do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, I've seen things on TV, I've seen series about the you know, real deep fakes and it's Deep fake stuff. It's oh, nuts. 
it's absolutely nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And we're only dabbling mm. in the such the edge of it without asking it mm. to write us a blog or a social media post. We're literally just on the edge yeah. of it. And so when you can when you see what it could do, it's you've got to mm. treat it with respect, but also treat yourself with respect in that, you know, you've got to still place yourself above it and, and you've got to be the final say on what you put out there. Don't just take it as mm. wrote and done. Yeah. So I just had a thought, Susan, which I think you should do to have, just to play with it. Yeah. Like, what if you said to it, it wrote something or you wrote something and you said, put this in a scouse tone of voice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I would be fascinated to see if it could put an accent on, like, on the written piece, like really because sometimes some of those scouse words would come in, or like, and I'm just picking scouse for the sake of a accent that I could think of really quickly. But, but I would be fascinated. The American uh, listeners might be thinking, "What is she talking about?" Liverpudlian scouse, <laughs> Liverpudlian. If you've been in Liverpool, if you've not heard a Liverpudlian accent, Please you do. probably want to Google it. But yeah, like that would be really interesting. And like certain words, I say, yeah. I often start again, sentences with so right. And obviously it's not a great way to yeah. start a sentence, but it's kind of proving that it's me writing it because I'm like, so I, because I do Absolutely. it as if I'm talking and that's where that yeah. comes from. So, so look, I, I'm now going to find myself See? saying it. Every now you'll second. notice it. <laughs> yeah. But that's one of the ways in which it's me writing it. Whereas AI would take that out because grammatically it's probably not, well, not needed yes. as much as I do it. No, that's so true. That's okay. a really, really interesting point. Absolutely. Yeah. I do think, yeah, it, it cleans itself up for for grammar, for spellings, for, you know, repetition, yeah. things like that. I'm sure that that is a big part of it. And so, yeah, for anyone to get that, when it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a conversation, it's a colloquial thing. Mm-mm. It's never going to sound authentic to you, is it? But yeah, the idea of putting in, right. can you do a certain accent? So for me, I would ask it, you know, my homeland, Yorkshire. But would it just elongate every vowel? <laughs> so, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And then and then that's bias, isn't it? That's like, oh, that's not how we yeah. actually talk. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like honestly, it's it's a minefield. Yeah. So anything else you want to add on anything we've missed in your notes? There's nothing on... we've missed. I just a couple of bullet points just to say, well, about bullet points. So as we've said throughout, it, it is brilliant. Do use it, have a play with it, see what it can do for you. Because if nothing else, it's a brilliant, brilliant starting point for writing anything at all, especially your website copy. If like me, you know, it seems so far away from where you can get to, like it's such a big thing to start. If you're not in a position to take on someone like myself to help you, to you know, you can ask it to say, what, what should I include on my about page? How do I start talking about this if I'm speaking to so-and-so? And if you're not happy with it, if it writes something, say, no, I need more humour in there. Or you you are a female doctor, speak from that point of view. Things like that. Give it the information, mm-hmm. try and tweak it. Don't just take the first thing and go for it. But if you can ask for it, idea generation is absolutely brilliant. But bullet points mm-hmm. on what you should include in an article. Remember not to overshare. As we said, when you're putting information in, it keeps that information, stores it. So not... Nothing you put in is ever private. So don't put in mm-hmm. customer information, your private information, anything like that. That should all be removed before That's you put in point. there. Don't don't trust it. To, yeah, don't ask it to create an article on a subject that you know nothing about. You need to you can't yeah. put something out there that you know nothing about because you've got no way of checking it. You don't know how factually correct, true and unique it is. So you need to have some knowledge on this so that you can say, well that doesn't sound correct or yep that's got the facts right i that's brilliant it's put it into a way i like so don't I've just had another thought oh god of <laughs> something else you could do right um, now for the rest of the day all susie's going to do is playing chat gtp and send it if to you, you typed into chat yeah chat gtp and said to it what are the flaws of using chat gtp like what oh, no, would it tell you oh have you i have. And did it say i yeah. know <laughs> It says, so this is literally, it says, when it comes to using ChatGPT for copywriting, it's essential to be aware of certain considerations and potential pitfalls. It says, maintaining brand voice and authenticity. It's a powerful tool, but it cannot possess true human understanding. Uh, Over-reliance and automation. It's a a valuable tool uh, for generating ideas, but it's it's crucial not to over-rely on it. 
human creativity, intuition, and expertise remain indispensable in the copywriting process. Potential for inaccuracies and misinformation. You cannot avoid the fact that you might be plagiarizing and it's not original. You should always fine tune for your specific industry and audience. Understand that there is bias and sensitivity in language. The legal and regulatory compliance, GPT does not check for that. You should always proofread internet it. It may not meet your client expectations or transparency because if you use ChatGPT, you're lying to your client that you're doing the work. And it has limited context awareness, so it can't double check everything. It can't be totally up to date with the nuances of what's going on in the world. And yeah, it's a, a growing process, so it's limited in what it can do. And it, that's what it told me itself about things it that can't do. Awesome. <laughs> and, and that, right. So if I was to end this podcast and go, so tell me why someone should use a copywriter. Well, ChatGTP ironically summed it up perfectly. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I would obviously, I advocate using a copywriter left, right and center. But I also understand <laughs> that it's not, it's not financially available to so many people. And that is, no. a, that is the way of the world. I totally understand that. So ChatGPT is a brilliant, brilliant place to start. And I do encourage people to have a play around with it. See the ideas it can give you. you know, or even if, if you have a phrase or a sentence or a paragraph that, that expresses everything you want to say, you know what you want to say, but you read it and think, God, that sounds. Yeah. Just, it doesn't have, it's not interesting. It's not yeah. intriguing. It doesn't inspire me. Pop that in and just ask it like you did, improve this. Mm -hmm. And really simply, yeah. and then you can tweak it again. Just make sure it sounds like you. And and no one else will have it. And it's just perfect for really yeah. quick fixes, like you say. But do, do be careful. Yeah. But when you're doing bigger, more important projects, like obviously if you've got the budget mm. to get someone to write your blogs for you, then awesome. Like that has got to be the best thing unless you're an amazing mm. writer, which I am not. But if the budget dictates that you can't get someone to help with those things, then get them to help with websites. For me, the stuff that Susan has done for me is sales page stuff, because that is like, there is, and I know there's an art and a science behind it. It doesn't mean I can write an amazing sales page. I just know what should be on mm. it in what order and how it goes and all that sort of thing. But having exactly. someone to pull your brain out too and go, this is what I do. This is why I love it. This is like, and the truth is, I know if you're listening to this podcast, you are a genuine, real, awesome business owner who really gives a damn about their customers. And therefore, you know, you're offering a good service, but we aren't the best people to tell people how good we are at offering that service. So actually working with someone like Suze, being able to go, this is what's so brilliant about it. This is how it shows up. This is what's good. This is this, 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 this. And then having her write something about you and having her write your page for you is like a game changer. I totally agree. I think having someone objective come in and talk about different businesses and which is what I love. I love learning about other people. I'm nosy at heart. I like to hear about people. But as someone, I saw an, an advertisement for a copywriter recently that they wanted certain expertise. I don't know whether it was in the care industry or something similar. It's irrelevant. But they wanted someone who knew a lot about it and writes about it all the time. And I would, I would object to that in that I spoke to someone recently. Someone came to me to talk about getting a quote for, to do some work with them. And then lawyers, a new lawyer, legal consultancy that's just starting up. And they did ask me if I had experience in the legal area. And I said, no, I don't. But what I bring to you is total objectivity. So I will ask you all the questions that I need to know to fully understand and write about you. And I will pick yes. out things that you might assume your audience already knows, but actually yeah. they don't because they're like me. They're Joe Bloggs. They're, they don't yeah. know anything about that. And so having that objective tone of voice and coming in, asking all the information, seeing why I think you're brilliant and then picking that out which is something that you've been doing for ages. And you sort of think, oh, well, like, that's just something I offer. It's nothing special. Actually, it is. It's something I really need. Mm -hmm. It's really it's really great to have that objective voice come in, find the information and talk about it for you. And as I said, right at the top of the show, talking about yourself is not something that a lot of us come naturally to. There's plenty of people out there who do love it, but the majority of us, especially as Brits, we don't like talking about ourselves. Yes. So I'm to brilliant. have someone else do it for you, it can be an absolute breath of fresh air. And like you say, if you don't have the funds, the budget to use someone all the time, use it on those projects that are really 
making you struggle. So whether it is your website copy, because there's so much talking about you, whether it's a sales page, yeah. because as you say, we know the theory behind it, the science. So the different points you need to address, but putting that together and making it compelling, create a, an emotional response and convert your potential customers into paying customers. Doing that is an art form. It's a skill. And so if you can yeah. afford to pay for that, that's a really good place to put your money. Love it. Thank you, Suze. This has been a lovely, lovely welcome back into the interviews. That, uh, honestly, I am like dead happy with like that whole conversation and all the stuff that we've given people and all the knowledge that they now have about really? how to use ChatGTP. And well, if what they... I will do is I'll give you some information. So if you want to put anything in the, in the show notes about places that have found information people can go to to find more and stuff, absolutely, I can send all that through, so... Awesome. Thank you, Suze. Where can people come and find you and say hi and ask you for a quote and all of that jazz? You can find me on my wonderful website that I want everyone to come and visit, <laughs> which is uh, simple to find. It's www.suzannefreer, which is F-O-E-A-R.co.uk. You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook and LinkedIn, but I normally hang out on Instagram. It's a a beautiful place to be. And I have a, a an email newsletter list. If you'd like to sign up to that, you can do so through please my do. website really easily. So yeah, please come along and I will send you the random ramblings of my brain twice a month. And do you know what? They're wonderful. I signed up. So I was told off the other day by Suze because I very <laughs> proudly said on one of our calls that I subscribe to all of the members email list, which I thought I did. And then Suze went, you don't subscribe to mine. <laughs> so I quickly remedied that and got on Suze's email list and her onboarding. Like one of the ways that I've always learned for all these years is I follow and watch and look and like see what other people do. I've done that for a long time. So if you are like struggling with an onboarding and you want to see how someone else does it, then Suze is brilliant. But what Suze is particularly brilliant for is that it's so her and it's so authentic. <laughs> so you're not going to be able to just take her copy because it won't sound like you. But <laughs> And it's funny. Like emails, like it's a funny email. Like just even the first one you get. So do, we've given them enough anticipation. I know, uh, do yeah, they should definitely sign up. Sign up. <laughs> Thank yeah, you so you, much. You need to see what she puts in her emails. I mean, I might have bigged it up a bit too much. And now they're like, oh, there's pressure now. No, they're pressure. not. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I've, I've had a brilliant morning. Thanks. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Okay. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please come and say hi to Susan and I on social media. Like I said, we both hang out on Instagram. That's our favorite. Please share this episode and let us know what you thought. We would love that. I know it will make our day if we see you share it. So please do that. I will be back next week with another interview. I'm kicking off like quite a few interviews all at once. So I will have another awesome person for you to meet next week. But until then, have a wonderful week.